As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Gabby. And now without further ado, we're going to pick right up for part two. I did not mean to rhyme. <laughs> make sure that you subscribe. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. We'll make sure both part one and part two of the videos will be up there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Share this episode with a friend. Let's hop right into it. You know, I think when we say be still, that means that you're literally being like you're, you know, like you're twiddling your thumbs. No, you're still doing things. You just may not be doing them um, in the areas that you want to be doing the work in. Right. I was still working. I was still but it was more so personal development. It was more so me understanding, God, what do you need from me versus what can I be doing for other people? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we want to do, do, do so much for others that's why we land in this place of not doing enough for ourselves. And we land in this spot of all of the toxic habits that kind of come up with that. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking of toxic habits though, one of the things you talked about just in this season with your grief and everything mm -hmm. turning to emotional eating. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, the thing about emotional eating, you typically don't know that you're emotionally eating until you know, like, because <laughs> we just think that, oh, I just love food. And, oh, this is just, 
my go-to snack. I just want some chocolate. I just want some chips. And for a long time, I thought that that was it because my thing, y'all know, salt and vinegar chips, never going away, never giving them up. <laughs> That's just my thing. It's a nostalgic thing. And and once I started tracing that back, um, I came to the revelation that I love salt and vinegar chips because my grandmother used to get them for me every time I came home from school. And so she's no longer here. So that that takes me back to missing her, but also feeling seen, feeling comforted, um, feeling understood because she knows what I want. She knows what I like. And so oftentimes um, emotional eating is just what it is. It's, it's you eating your emotions because maybe something is not being met. And oftentimes it's a primal need, which is like, I want to be seen, loved, heard, trusted, all of these things that we may not be getting our our needs our emotions met so whenever I was my dad was passing um to be transparent we didn't have the greatest relationship the in my formidable years so as I became an adult um his presence in my life became even more important and so as he was as he was like not able to eat oh I was eating for him I was eating all of the things and it was because I, I I ran from actually sitting down and really processing what was going on. I was running from from and that's and I know that that's a pattern of me. I am very uh, conflict avoidant at times. So whenever I don't want to deal with it, let me go give me some chips real quick. Let me go grab some ice cream or whatever that thing is to kind of recalm me in when I really should be turning to God because food can become an idol if you allow it to be. So, so yeah, it's, it's a slippery slope if you're not aware of like what your triggers are. So how can someone be able to decipher mm -hmm. if they're a foodie mm -hmm. emotionally eating? Cause I'm a foodie. Yep. And eating makes me happy. I love to yep. go to my new place. I love to cook. So, you know, food is something that is, joyful to me um and i think even in the the black community food is is a celebratory thing we Absolutely. come together we eat you yeah. know sunday dinner holidays we eat food is very central in our culture yeah. and so i think that translates into a lot of us being foodies and liking mm -hmm. to eat going to food for certain things so how do you know if i'm an emotional eater versus this is just something that I enjoy. Yep, yep. So I think you have to ask yourself a couple questions. Um, number one is, am I hungry? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Simple question. Am I, am I really hungry right now? And I, this goes back to understanding like what your eating cues are, like knowing like what's the difference between real hunger versus like me craving something. One sign of real hunger is that real hunger comes on slowly. It's never like a quick thing. Like if you instantly feel like, oh, I can eat this or I'm hungry, it's typically a craving, right? So first asking yourself, am I truly hungry? If I'm not hungry, what do, what do I really need? What's missing here? Because sometimes we, we overlook um, the real need because we're so accustomed to turning to food to soothe. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, you can be at work and, you know, having a conversation with your with your boss, you unknowingly you y'all may not have had like a run into, but he you don't like him. 
in the back of your head. So every time he comes to your desk, you're like, oh, here he come again. It can emotionally trigger you. And then you're just like, man, let me go down here and grab a, a, some chips or something like that. If you're not careful and you're not aware of how your boss may be impacting you emotionally, it can lead to you eating and then that eating becoming a habit. It can start off as emotional, like he can be emotionally triggering you, triggering you. But now every time you see him, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I need to eat this. Oh, I need to go get that. Um, so that's some of the ways that you can identify if you're emotionally eating. Am I truly hungry? And if I'm not hungry, what is it that I really need? You really need to get to the root of, okay, do am I not feeling seen by him? Is he not really hearing me? Um, is he like crushing my dreams? Like, like what's really going on there? Mm -hmm. Um, a foodie, you, you still, it's, it's still a very slippery slope mm -hmm. because sometimes we label things as, um, sometimes we can say we're a foodie and then it's just like, well, there may be some environmental factors that are included in that. For example, come home after work it's been a long day you just love ice cream like ice cream is just your favorite thing to eat but when you typically eat ice cream you sit on the couch right environmentally that can trigger you to be like man i'm sitting on this couch i don't got my where my ice cream at so <laughs> so we can say that we are foodies and that we love these particular foods but sometimes it's the environment that we're in that can also trigger something in us that makes us feel like this is just who I am. This is just what I love. This is just what I'm going to do. So it's a slippery slope. No doubt. Like, are there foodies? Yes. But you have to also say like, okay, if I'm eating this food, am I overeating it? Am I going for seconds? Yeah. Am I eating past full? Am I, you know, am I only eating this because the food is there and people are offering it to me? So like social pressures and all of that. So it goes a little bit deeper than like, you just kind of being a foodie sometimes, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I can see that. Um, and I think it, it is important, like you said, to not be restrictive, but mm -hmm. to also put boundaries around things. So yeah. like I was joking with the ice cream example because I've been telling I told you about the ice cream that yeah, I yeah, love. Yeah. The Netflix flavor. I'm telling y'all, Ben and Jerry's, they <laughs> sell it in Target. I get the non-dairy kind. I'm gonna have to try it. You can I haven't tried it. You need go get it. If you find yourself in Target, get it because they sell it there, but you wouldn't even know it's non-dairy. Okay. But when I get it though, it was always my thing where I watch um Wednesdays, I watch like Married at First Sight. That's my little show. Yeah. I'm a grandma. I only got one show in me in the evening before I'm going to bed. <laughs> so so I would get my ice cream, watch my show, and that was my decompressed mm -hmm. time. But so what I do is I get the small pint. I don't even think it comes bigger, but I only buy one small pint and yeah. um, and I keep that in the house. And I don't, yeah. I keep, my rule is I can't eat, eat the whole thing in one sitting. And so that way I'm able to still have the ice cream that I want, but I'm taking out what I'm eating and putting the rest in the freezer. So I'm yeah. not indulging or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it. That's an easy, that's the easiest tip that, you know, instead of, eating out of the whole bag of chips just put some in a bowl like the, it, there are simple ways that you can prevent yourself from overeating so I love that Tana that's a good tip 
And what it sounded like when you were talking, it sounds like a lot of our behaviors around food can, you call it a slippery slope, but I think a lot of it is like word curses too that we say out of our mouth, like I need this. Mm-hmm. Or you know, even if we take food out of it to show the severity of it is, uh, I had a long day, I need a drink. Yeah, uh, I, I got to smoke the deal with these people. Yeah. Like you're now prophesying over yourself that you need mm-hmm. some type of external factor in order to have peace of mind or right. joy or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. a problem, whether yeah. it's food or whether it's anything else. If you need something other than God in order to show up in, in your best way, then that's an issue. Absolutely. Yep. And that's that's why food becomes an idol, um, because Oftentimes we haven't been taught other ways to self-soothe, right? So we saw our parents turn to food if they were stressed. We saw our parents turn to food if they were excited. We saw our parents turn to food if, you know, if there was uh, an event like, you know, Thanksgiving is like one of the biggest times of the year where we really gather and we really use food as an exciting thing to gather around. And that's fine. But you said one key word, which is knowing your boundaries. And this is a piece that we, a lot of us don't um, really dig into is creating those self boundaries. It's easy to set boundaries with other people, but do you have self boundaries for yourself? Can you tell yourself no? Mm-hmm. Can you, can you um, set some things in place so that you know, instead of eating out of the whole pint, can you get a bowl out and, and try something different? And you had mentioned something earlier um, about, you know, you never would have thought that food would have made you feel this way because of your sinuses. And now you can't unknow what you now know. Like you're never going back. So what if we were all to like learn what it feels like to really have clean energy? Mm -hmm. Like you, the chances that you'll go back is very low because now you know what it feels like and you know that it's actually possible. Like- because mm-hmm. we're oftentimes we're just leaning on external things, kind of like what you said, to kind of get us by. Yeah, and I love how you mm-hmm. talk about um, you know this comparison between elevated eating versus dieting. Because mm-hmm. I even think about you know my own dietary changes now that I'm in this whole vegan world. It's a lot of alternatives, so mm-hmm. I like the Beyond Meat, the Impossible things, and all of this. And so I find myself, even with those things, I'm like, well, I don't want that because what it is, is a compilation of chemicals mixed yep. with a little pea protein or something. Mm-hmm. And now it's plant-based, but that's still not good for me. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I want to make sure what I'm putting in my body is actually going to be fueling me to do the things that I want to do. And so more so the vegan diet would have me still eating a bunch of carbs, yeah. eating a bunch of processed plant-based stuff fake cheese, fake everything, mm-hmm. but it's the saying it's a vegan diet, but that's still not good for yeah. me, my body. So mm-hmm. can you elaborate a little bit more on, you know, the dieting versus the elevated eating? Yeah. So when we think about, so dieting is a form of emotional eating. It's just like overeating, binge eating, eating when you're, it's, it's another form of emotional eating. Um, and so really what it is, is it's restriction. And what happens whenever you restrict? You want you think it about it. You want you want it more. Mm-hmm. You end up craving it. You fall victim, quote unquote, victim to it. You eat it. The emotions subside. You feel guilty. You feel ashamed. 
And then now you want it again. You're just like, well, I already ate this pint. Let me just finish. Let me just finish out the whole thing because it's just here. Right. And so elevated eating is you deciding to set parameters in place, boundaries, you deciding to accept accountability for what's going on. You really taking the strategies and the tools that I teach my women on how to eat more mindfully and elevate it and really applying it to your life. So what I believe is there are no restrictions because now you have boundaries, because now you have self-control. So whenever you learn how to navigate through that, you don't need to restrict yourself. Um, because what restriction does, again, is it just leads you down this path of wanting it more. You binge eating or overeating, whatever that looks like for you. And then there's this feeling of shame. And this is the this is a big, big part that I think God wants us to really get a handle over this shame that is associated with food. When you think about Eve and she eating that piece of fruit, this is the first time we see in scripture where someone eats something and then they immediately feel shamed about it. Mm. And so God wants us to release this shame that we have around food. Cause it really is a secret <laughs> shame. Nobody wants to talk about me overeating at night. Nobody wants to talk about my late night snacking or me going all in after I get off of work. Nobody wants to talk about that. It's a secret shame um, that a lot of people struggle with. So this is the core, the core piece that God really wants us to deal with. Don't be ashamed over anything that I created because God said, don't call anything that I created unclean. So this is why even our verbiage around food matters. There's no good or bad food. There are foods that take you closer to your goals or food that take you further away. At that point, it becomes a choice. Will I choose the apple or will I choose the chips? If you choose the chips, it's on you. It's, it's Again, it's not about you feeling shame. It's just about you deciding to make a different choice. That's what elevated eating looks like. I love it. I, this, is, this is a little funny. So I watched this. Uh, it was like a TikTok and they were talking about like what um era or or situations in the bible do you want to go to and somebody in the comments was saying like i wonder if eve really risked it all for an apple though <laughs> <laughs> i was like you Listen, know what? she was hungry an uh, apple eve like it was nothing mm -hmm. else that could have made it <laughs> a little bit more worth the uh, apple sis <laughs> uh threw it away i hope it was good because listen you got us out here <laughs> i want to talk about like some of the women you work with though because like you said it is this whole mindset and behavior around eating is something that is a silent thing mm -hmm. a lot of times that people deal with so what have been some of the uh, things that your clients have faced or just how has this impacted their life? And now that they've gotten around the elevated eating, what has life been like for them since then? I think one thing uh, is finding the freedom again, because food can keep you so stuck. And I don't even think that we realize it. Like there are so many rules that we have around food, you know, such as, you know, whenever we were kids, we were told, you got you to gotta clean your plate before you leave the table or mm -hmm. um, you can't in order, for, you know, or, or us being rewarded with food like, you know, you make straight A's. I'm going to take you out for pizza. Right. And so thinking about how that 
how that transitions over into adulthood. Now we reward ourselves every time we get a promotion. We reward, our, reward ourselves with some ice cream or whatever that looks like. Or now when we sit down at the table, we feel like we have to finish the whole plate before we get up. And oftentimes that's just us overeating. So I think one of the biggest things that women have understood is that there's so much freedom here to be found. And there's more than one way to get to your goal than dieting. Because I think whenever we only give ourselves one option, then we limit ourselves to, to limitless opportunities, right? There's, there's a more realistic way for you to get there. It may take a little bit more work because we are having to like unlearn some of the things that you learned around food. But in the long term, you're going to be able to sustain this a lot more versus you bouncing from diet to diet to diet. So the freedom is the first piece. Shame is a, is the a second piece because now I'm telling you, eat what you want. I help my women to build a temptation routine where, you know, instead of you immediately rushing for the craving, there's a routine that you go through, a customized routine, whatever works for you, that almost kind of distracts you from the craving. And at the end of it, if you still want it, eat it because there's no shame around it. But just know that you made a choice, you know, either it reflected your goals or it didn't. That's just it. Then you get back on the bandwagon. Um, and, and then the third thing is learning the joy of eating well. Because there's this missing concept that like, oh, if I eat healthy, that means that it's boring. Or if I eat healthy, that means that I'm not going to enjoy it and it's nasty. And all I got to eat is broccoli and and chicken and and so we have this misconception about what health looks like. So it's been fun and it's been like so great to help women to kind of like um, re-envision what health looks like for them. It doesn't have to look like this or that. It can literally look however you want it to look. Now let's set some boundaries in place and help you to unlearn some of these things that you learned around food so that you can actually walk that out practically so that it's not hard. We make it extremely, extremely simple. Um, yeah, so that those are some of the big things that my women have been seeing. This episode is brought to you by NPR. I recently had a 90s and 2000s party for my birthday last week. And what was so funny is I had a bunch of different things from that whole era growing up. And one of the bigger parts of that era was talk shows. We had the Oprah Winfrey show. We had the Montel show, eventually the Tyra show. And just seeing Black representation in the media was so important for me back then because it made me realize that I can do anything. You know, I'm seeing people who look like me and it empowered me that much more to use my voice and pursue a career that I'm now in in media. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's newest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there is no limit to the range of Black stories and Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we are the story. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I love what you said, that eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest thing when it came to changing my diet. I'm like, well, shoot, what I'm going to eat? Yep. <laughs> and, and so I started using like uh, meal kits and stuff. One, because yep. they're convenient and they're easy, but it gives me an idea of the things that I like because I'm eating yeah. stuff. I ain't never had a fennel before. I'm like, well, what is that? Like, how yeah. do I cook that? Like, yeah. I don't know what to do with this. So like even having these meal kits helped me learn more what I like and mm-hmm. how to add, you know, with vegan meals, you add a lot of like nuts and things like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this was kind of cool to have the crunch that I would want to have like when I'm eating like a crispy wing or something like that. Yeah. I use the, the nuts and the seeds and that gives me like a little crunch sensation that I like. Mm-hmm. And it's just trying the different things I'm like oh we we eat well around here and I'm just so grateful that I went to God with my issues of how I felt and he gave a solution and it's something that's really joyous a lot of my family now I got my grandmother eating non-dairy stuff yeah tell her until she tries it so I'll put something in there and then be like and I'm like you like it like yeah okay it's no milk in there like Okay, I guess mm-hmm. it's okay. So just even my family now, they'll have like certain vegan things and mm-hmm. they're opening their minds up by, you know, the lifestyle change that I was able to make. Yep, um, that's key. One thing I did want to bring up, because I one thing that's a fact when it comes to elevated, elevated eating is that it's expensive. You mm-hmm. know, eating well is expensive. My grocery budget is crazy in yep. addition to meal kits. Uh-huh. So, yep. How can someone who may not be able to afford to eat well still be able to steward their bodies well? Yep. So um, the first thing that you can, and this is what I do, um, it doesn't take a, a ton of groceries to make a uh, to make meals, right? So what I'll do is I'll buy my main protein, my starch, my veggies, and then. I, I literally have a plan for what I'm going to do with my food. Mm-hmm. Typically, the way we grocery shop is we grocery shop. First of all, we go in there on an empty stomach. <laughs> so we see and we, we're eating with our eyes. And so we pick up things that we don't really need or things that don't really add um, to where we're trying to go. And so I, I buy a few items and I find recipes in ways that I can cook them in several different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So I can pick up a chicken and um, uh, some salad, some quinoa. How how many different things can I come up with this? Well, for one, I can eat the chicken, the quinoa, um, the broccoli. For two, maybe a second on day two, I can uh, buy some lettuce, make it into a salad, a chicken quinoa salad. Day three, maybe I can make a wrap out of that. Um, and so I, I, I use that technique and I find different ways to, I use, I use key ingredients that I can uh, prepare in several different ways. So that's a way that you can save money instead of feeling like you have to buy all of these different things. Um, number two is shopping in season. 
So knowing, um, especially when it comes to vegetables and fruits and things like that, if you buy fresh, um, that you can go, there's a website, I'll have to Google it, but I know that there's a website where you can see what fruits are in season. And those are the fruits that are typically going to be on sale in the grocery store. Also buying frozen, don't be afraid to buy frozen because it still gives you the same nutrient density that you'll find in the fresh foods. Plus it lasts longer because how many of us buy fresh fruit and let it sit in the refrigerator and then it spoils and we never get good use of it. So buy frozen, buy frozen vegetables, frozen fruits. Um, and then third, I mean, fourth, going into the grocery store with a list. Don't don't go over that list, okay? This is where that, that discipline and self-control comes in, but have a list instead of you just kind of going in and shopping off the brain. Have an intention with what you're gonna do. And so this is something that I also work with my women with is having a meal planning session before you actually meal prep because meal planning is different from meal prepping. Um, so I walk them through like my four-step process of how to actually set your days up so that you can get all of that done without it feeling super overwhelming. I love that. Yeah. Something else that um, <laughs> we do too is because I know my behavior is I'll get tired of eating something. Mm -hmm. So I'm more likely to eat out and eat something that may not be the healthiest because I don't want what I cooked anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to go over here. Yeah. So um, something that's helped with even like not wasting food and stuff like that and getting getting that variety is when I make stuff and I know that, okay, this is going to go beyond like a second portion, I'll freeze it. Mm -hmm. So that way, maybe it's still, it's still fresh. And then later down the line, I might want it again and yep. I can just pull it out the freezer without buying it all over again, without cooking it all over again. Yeah. So that's really well, just making enough, freezing it and having that stash to go back to because yep. Otherwise, it'll go bad and I'm wasting money. I and need to do that more. My mm -hmm. mama does it. I don't do it enough, but I need to do that more too. Yeah, BJ put me on, you know, Africans don't waste nothing. Yes. So. Okay. <laughs> he can throw something in the freezer like, you're not fitting with this. <laughs> I'd be like, but ain't it going to be freezer burn? Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> I've gotten used to it now. I'm like, I done messed up. I'm married an African. Uh, and <laughs> I can't leave anything around here. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> so I love that you have this checklist that you're offering everybody who's listening to the episode to really help you beyond help you be able to develop that discipline mm -hmm. beyond because it's self-control essentially. Yeah. And being disciplined behind food choices and self-control is a fruit of the spirit for a reason. Yes. We need to have it. So tell us about this checklist and how people could use it so they can start eating well and being more disciplined around their food habits. Yeah. So the checklist is called, uh, well, it's how I help my clients overcome food cravings. Um, and so actually in that, there's a actually a free, I think it's like nine minute training session of where I actually walk you through how to actually um, use that that um, document. But there are four simple questions and I just gave us two questions to ask yourself. Are you hungry? What do you need when you're not hungry? Like what what what's the deeper issue? Um, but the, the second thing is learning how to really take hold of your food cravings, because the truth is that they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. You're you're always going to crave something. So how do you actually harness that? So when it does come up, what do I need to do? And 
in that, I walk you through how to build out the temptation routine that we just spoke about. Um, it's really simple because it's a, it's customized to your lifestyle. But in this, you'll be able to build out a customized temptation routine so that when the craving does come up, I'll know that I need to do this, 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 and this. If I still want it, it is what it is. That's fine. But the key is to eat it without feeling shame around it. And the goal is for it to, is for after you build this routine and after you go through it a few times, the goal is for um, if the craving comes up, it's going to be more exciting for you to do the routine versus you actually getting to the craving. So that's why it's important that you choose um, activities or tasks that actually excite you so that you'll be more excited about doing that. And then prayerfully, you'll forget about the craving <laughs> and you'll start just doing this, this uh, nice routine that actually gives you more energy. Awesome. Yeah. So the link to that is going to be in the show notes, you guys. Um, and I'll put it in the comments of the YouTube video once this goes back up. Gabby, thank you so much for coming thank down. Thank you for having me, Tatum. This was great. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media. And are you on YouTube? I am on YouTube. <laughs> you said, you just sound too comfortable. I am on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I posted, but I'm on YouTube. Gabby Athletics. Um, and then on Instagram, Gabby Athletics underscore. Make sure y'all follow me now because my name is about to change. Y'all were like the first people I'm, ever, I'm telling this to, but um, mm -hmm. follow me now because you may not be able to find me later. It's going to be my name, but you know, just, just go ahead and, and do that now. So Gabby Athletics underscore on Instagram um, and then Gabby Athletics on YouTube. Okay, cool. So we'll put that in the show notes. And then when you change it, let me know. And then I'll swap okay. out for the new name in case anybody okay. comes in afterwards. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you guys on YouTube that has hung out with us live. We appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Part one of this will be aired Sunday, part two next Sunday. Um, and then we'll put the full YouTube video up at a later time as well. So y'all have a great Friday, a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.